Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. I'm super excited to be talking to our guests today. We have so much in common because there are so many creatives out there that like love all of the design and the prettiness of work and weddings and events and hospitality and entrepreneurship. And then there's some of us that like actually like the back end stuff that like makes the ship go forward. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So Caroline, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive into our topic today because it is near and dear to my heart. And yes, I am a back end gal through and through. I love it. Before we dive in and start talking today, I would love for you to share a little bit about your background and what has really driven you, like what's your story of how you've ended up doing what you're, you do today, which you're so amazing at it and, and you love it. And that's the goal is like to love what you do. So how have you gotten here? Yeah. So I have a little bit of a, I guess, different story. Cause I'm not a creative. Um, my background is actually software engineering and computer science, Um, I studied computer science in school, worked as a software engineer for honestly not very long. I feel like my story kind of starts in the work world back in college when I did an internship and I was studying computer science. I was going to do QA, which is um, quality assurance to go in and test the app. And my brain is very math oriented. I love like we were talking about the back end. But I have this, I have kind of a weird brain that also is super creative and looks for kind of holes in things and then looks how I can like creatively solve them. So I love like puzzles and love a good, you know, math problem. I always excelled in math growing up and I was like, okay, well, quality assurance is where I should go. And the company looking back is, you know, just amazing. They make you do these personality tests going in. I wouldn't, I don't know if they're personality tests, but it's a job fit like test of sorts. And they only hire someone if you are a 60% match or higher. I was a 3% match for this job. Okay. The um, founder sat me down on my first day. They gave me the job anyways. The founder sat me down on the first day and was like, here's my results. Here's your results. You're going to start a company one day. Just know that you're probably going to be miserable in this job. I'm going to give you a chance at it. Sure enough, two weeks in, I was, I switched to the marketing team and pitched like a full rebrand of their website and then did a whole like rebuild of their website. And so he was like dead on. And I feel like that's when it kind of started to hit me that while I could and was very capable of doing the coding and and diving into that side, it maybe was a means to an end. So that's kind of where I would say it started. And then it, 
yeah, it just nail in the coffin was when I was working as a software engineer and I just couldn't vibe with the culture. It was very much so the classic, you know, bro coding culture. We would play like um, Super Mario Smash Bros after work. (laughs) And all my friends were like going to cute happy hours with their coworkers. And I was like, oh, here's my Snapchat of me drinking a canned beer on a couch with 15 coding dudes. dudes. Because <laughs> usually they're dudes. Yeah. Like, were you the only woman? Um, there were. So the intern group was honestly like a lot of women, but the actual, because this was just like a internship that turned into a job. So this was my senior year or junior year going in summer in between junior and senior year. Okay. Um, I was one of like three. Uh, 12 interns there were three women which like honestly pretty good for that world but the office itself yeah it was like 60 people and I think there was one female developer one or two so yeah it was not um it was not for me I worked there full-time during senior year was great experience I learned a lot of skills but when it came to finding a job it just, I knew that that couldn't be my full-time job. Like I knew if I didn't have school and like friends from school on the side, like that I could see in class and then go to work, I would just not be thriving. So I started to look for female dominated industries. And as we all know, the wedding industry is top of that list. Yes. So that is what led me to the wedding industry. And then I was honestly just looking for a job where I could still, um, be a software engineer, still use that degree. And I just couldn't find a job or a company that I thought really was honestly exciting enough. Back then, I think Zola was, you know, Zola, the big, I feel like that's the big wedding sponsor of ours. Oh, nice. Um, they weren't around yet. So it was really, or they were, they were, but it was, they were like pretty small. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like wedding wire and the knot and, and that's it. (laughs) Yes. So that's kind of what led me to the industry. And then I had that little bug in my head from that founder a while back. And at the same time I was participating in a club at school called um dynamize and it was the startup club and it was I was new to it all I had like a couple engineering friends who were in it and they had a pitch competition and that's that's how the roads met so looking at the wedding world part of this pitch competition and I um yeah I started to build an app for wedding planners that was the OG idea which is awesome. And it's so neat because I remember back when I had my very first website, remember flash and how beautiful, like the websites could be. And then it went away and then iPhones came out. Yeah. It's like, Oh, everything has to be HTML coded. Like, and I didn't understand any of this. And so I had to learn really the hard way of understanding, like coding things and making things desktop friendly versus mobile friendly. And then iPad there, there's been all these changes in technology Mm -hmm. over the years that 
as a business owner, like we've all had to acclimate ourselves where now I would say in the last, I don't even know, decade, some of the newer business owners, like, my God, they make it seem so easy. You can just slap up a website. You don't need to know how to code anything, drag and drop and you're good. I mean, it's not that easy. You can build a re really pretty site, but then if it's not set up on the back end correctly, like no one will find you, no one will resonate with your site. So there yeah. has to be a strategy, but coding and like hard coding things used to be the way that I know some companies would make things sticky. So people right. would have to come back to them. And so you've really found a way to where, which I love this. It's like, you don't have to code. Don't code. No, don't do it because that's not a way to scale your business. And you're so on target with that. But a lot of people who don't care or want to learn the back end and understand it. And I get it. It's not sexy. Mm -hmm. It's not fun sometimes. But when you understand how it works and how the back end, when you understand how that works, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And there are some of the ugliest things that I've seen out there, like websites. And I'm like, this is awful. Like, how are they making six figures a month with this website? But it's all in how it's built in the back end. And then the psychology of some of the moving arrows. And so it's not always about like the pretty and the yeah. perfect and the coding to scale. Right. Well, I think the biggest example everyone uses is Amazon, right? I mean, when that first came out and still to this day, it's not like that's sleek and sexy and beautiful to look at, but like, I want a package at my door tomorrow and they do that and that's on the back end. So therefore Amazon is crushing it. So yeah. I think that's like the lead example everyone uses, but yes. And I, so I, when I was in school, Squarespace and gosh, Wix and all those were a thing. So I graduated in 2017 and I have to give props to people that I like along the way, like in my coding, like a couple of my professors, because when you're in the software engineering world, people want to build, they want to build, they want to build, they want to build, they want to build it from scratch. It's yep. like the fun in it for them is not the like automation or like the fun in it for them is literally the building. And so I think that's, and we'll probably dive into this so much. That's why I've been successful in it because for me, the building, like the actual building of it itself is not the exciting part. It's like seeing it come to fruition. That's exciting for me. And there's just so many more efficient, quicker, cheaper ways to do it than physically sit down and code. And so I built, I've built everything up until this point using, I mean, I did code a lot of stuff early on before I really like matured into this mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, am a firm believer in no coding operations or no code operations. It's kind of new. So there's a lot of different terms for it, but yes. So I know there's certain tools that, that you, when you founded your company, Wedfully, that you guys specifically use, and there's no, there's no, 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 no coding. Involved. No, no, no. Like, how did you do all of that? Like, what are some of these tools that anybody listening, anybody that's listening, if you have a business or you're an entrepreneur and you want to thrive in front, 
and make, make yourself look good with your clients, but on the back end, like what are those tools that they can use so that they don't have to code or they don't have to hire a coder because, or a developer, like Mm -hmm. it is, um, an investment and, and sometimes it is needed and it is very much worth it. But if you're the everyday entrepreneur and you're not building tech and you're not trying to get into tech stars and you're not a company that is based on technology and you're not going to raise a bunch of money to support the technology, like there are some tools that you can use. So what would you tell people listening or watching? Yeah. So we have built our software and I will say it is software. We do have clients interact with a dashboard and they have this like hub that they go to after they sign up to work with us, but it is all based on pre-existing tools. And the three ones that we lean on the most, number one on my list is Zapier. Um, a lot of people call it Zapier. I will stand by Zapier because you make a zap, which essentially this is going to sound really like high level but it essentially talks, the APIs can talk to each other and Zapier has built something where you can plug and play on their site. So you don't need to know how to code. You don't need to even really know what an API is. You just need to know that data is getting passed from one tool to the other And Zapier is the magic, the magician who is doing that. And so that's our number one tool. If you go to my Zapier dashboard, we have like, honestly, probably over a hundred zaps running. They automate so much of what we do. Um, We also use Airtable a ton, which acts as kind of like our um, CRM hub of like our leads and our clients and like all data lives in there. And so we will hook up just to kind of give you an example is we'll hook up Zapier. It'll listen to when a new record is created in Airtable. You don't have to like code anything there. Zapier is doing it for you. It's just listening. And then it, it can do something triggered by a new record being created. Um, and then the third one that we lean super heavily on is Calendly, which I think everyone should use and should know about. There's lots of other options out there too, but we use, um, I would say those three things the most. We also lean super heavily on type form. Um, there's another alternative called paper form that we use. Um, we even have it rigged up into our zoom. So we have all these other pieces of software that we're using to fuel our business. And Zapier is kind of the hub in the middle that's connecting them all. We also are like very much so still using Google Docs and Google Sheets. Super underrated. Um, Very. I know that it's like not the coolest, like newest tool out there, but it gets the job done on so many levels and people know how to use it. It's super intuitive. That's the other thing that I think in this world of design that we've lost a little bit is you know, I'll get on websites and I'll be like, oh, this is so cool. And it's got like these moving pieces and boxes. And, and honestly, sometimes that's just not what a user wants. Like, it's just not intuitive for them. So, um, bare bones. Yeah. Google docs. Um, but yeah, so we use all of those tools every day, all day. And Zapier is in the back end doing all of them. So a quick example of how we automate. So we have clients and I guess I should give like a little bit of background on what Wedfully does, but, um, we run virtual weddings. So 
you know, very popular during the pandemic, obviously. Um, and our clients work with a wet fleet coordinator to do all the planning. And so they have to book calls with their, with their coordinator. So each coordinator has their own links. We have four calls that they book consult one, consult two, AV and rehearsal. And what happens is we actually did do a little bit of coding, which you don't need to do, but we have a dashboard that populates all of their links, tells them like all these links to book a call. These are Calendly links. It's embedded into our site. Very easy to do. Like they just give you the the code and you can paste it in. Um, And then they'll book a call through Calendly. Calendly, that call will trigger a zap in Zapier. And then Zapier will send that data to Airtable. And then their client record will be updated with the time of the call and the Zoom link for the call so that our customer support team has total access to this without having to get on the coordinator's calendar and search through the calendar and find like, it's all just right there. Um, And it also triggers then emails that get sent out an intercom to let the client know what they need to have prepared. So that's just like one small sample of how we use it. But before we implemented this, the coordinator was running around like a chicken with their head cut off and there was just so much room for human error. Right. So then if they somehow missed the call or like, maybe we weren't using Calendly and they were manually emailing back and forth being like, does this time work? No, does this time work? So implement Calendly. Then the customer support team would like not know when the calls were booked and like the client would reach out and be like, Hey, I can't find this on my calendar. And then so just like automated it enough so that it felt like on our end, we had our shit together. Yep. Like it just looked like we, we could respond in 0.5 seconds. We weren't like, Oh, we we're, we're, we're not sure where that is. Like, it just felt like we had it so buttoned up, but we had room for human error. We just were getting rid of it as like, we were getting rid of the human error as much as possible. So that's kind of an isolated example. Um, but those are like alone Airtable and Zapier are everyone should, should just like read a little bit about them. They're not as confusing as they sound. Right. And I think a lot of people are just intimidated by it because they don't take the time to even understand it. And a couple of years ago, one of the founders of Zapier, his wife, who also does productivity was on, on our podcast oh, nice. and I just flat out asked her and she's like, it is Zapier. It rhymes with happier and zaps make you happy okay because we automate things so it is happier and it is an incredible tool but I will say that all of these tools it is not just set it and forget it Mm -mm. and a lot of our clients get super frustrated because we will set up zaps. We set them up on Calendly and there's a couple of different ways to do it to where it doesn't have to have access to like your whole calendar. Um, in fact, we block out specific days of the month and specific links go to specific days. And we have a calendar specifically tied to Calendly. And then we block it out on our main calendar and it just, you've got to make the software work for you. Mm-hmm. And that's where some people get hung up on it. They don't know how to use it because no one's giving them examples. 
and the customer support for like Zapier and Calendly and like some of these other Google Docs you can't get anybody on the phone usually, (laughs) depending on if you pay for business G Suite, which (laughs) you should, if you, if you're running your business off a Google drive, which we do, you want to pay for that space and pay for the level of customer service. It's worth every penny, but if you're just starting out, like use the free version, you, I think you get 30 gigs of free space. I can't remember how much it is, but you will run out of space one day. If you continuously use you it, sure will. It, it, and it, it happens really quickly. If, if you're not like cleaning out your stuff and cleaning out your folders, but anyway, I, I digress. So <laughs> it, it is really important to understand the functionality we've learned over time to either sometimes we're, we're, we're checking once a month to make sure that like our forms are still hooked up and the zap is still working. One time we had a huge WordPress update with the WordPress template that we had, and we have lots of things hooked up through Infusionsoft, which is now keep. And then we had a a lot of automation through Zapier and we did the big, our IT team did the whole update. And then I'm like, we haven't gotten a form submission in a while. And it's funny because I'm not the one that really looks at that or the emails. But my team was so busy. We were so busy doing right. other things for clients. And then, so I asked our lead IT person and he's like, oh, zap, the zap broke when we did the update. And I'm like, well, that was like a quarter ago. And so all of these oh, inquiries no. that had been coming in, we never got them. And, but here's the thing, the people that really want to get to you, they will get to you. Yeah. Just because they're filling out an online form, if, if they really want to work with you, they will find you through social media. They will get your cell phone number and text you. So, but I still, I'm like big on, on customer service and getting back to people within 24 hours. And that's why I love automation because we have all the, all the automation set up through a zap. And, but I will say like, once you get it set up, like you still want to test it a few times. Yeah. It's. I'm in there arguably every day. I mean, I love it. So that's like one reason, like when someone's like, it's kind of annoying that I have to do this. I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like, let me, let me get up in the zap here. Let me just like pull a zap together. So I'm abnormal in that way. But the one thing I will say, and I've seen it, right. Like I even want to sometimes push this stuff off to other people. And it, there's definitely a point when I should and will, but I do think having an understanding at the stage where you're small enough that you're not going to have someone fully like with your it person, right? Like if, if they're full-time, that's great. They can like be in there and dig for you. But I know a lot of entrepreneurs are at a stage where like, maybe they have a contractor and they're like, okay, you set it all up good to go. And then it breaks and you're at their mercy. So that's why it's so important to just at least have an understanding of like, here's how it works. And there are such basic zaps that you can start with. Like there is literally one where it's like, you filled out a form on my site, which was through my Squarespace site. And it triggered a new, um, Google sheets like line. And that's so simple. It's two, like, you know, you're, we're talking probably too high level, but steps, it's two steps. It's yep. like the trigger and then the right. And that is so easy to then get your head around. Right. And so you've started, you've done one, you can follow it. And then you just like start to build on it. Right. Like you're not over overnight going to have what we have built. We have like a super sophisticated back end of like zap to zap to webhook to, you know, like okay, we've matured to that point. But when we first started, it was like, 
Calendly to Slack. It was like Calendly call booked, Slack a channel. And the Mm -hmm. one thing that I think is really important that you hit on that I stand by is use automation to organize things so that you can still be personally interacting with people. I think a lot of people, and and we've done this and realized that we should pull back is a lot of people want to automate like everything, like the automation of like talking to people and emailing people, people aren't dumb. They know when it's not you, they know when it's an automated email. So if you can automate the organization so that it's like, maybe you are still doing the email and you're still being personally there for them. And still, if that's your brand, you know, for us, a big part of our brand is our personality. So we're not going to like rip that out. That's so key, but like getting everything in between so that I don't have to be manually remembering to email someone. It's like, there's a zap set up to remind me to do this, but I'm still doing it is huge. I think for, and that's a great first step because if you do automate too much, people know. Yeah. And even, and I mean, we don't even pretend to hide it. Like if someone fills out a form, we're like, Hey, this is an automated message for the best customer service. Like depending on when you're getting this, what we have found is most people fill that, fill out the forms. It's not business hours or it's the weekends. And depending on what you do, like if you're working in weddings, for example, our Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is like your normal Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we really have to educate people on that. And so we'll say like, here's the top 10 questions that people ask us and you can read the answers or you can click here and watch a video. And then we put a video on YouTube that ties into our blog. And that's actually driving SEO, like search engine optimization to people to go to our blog and learn Mm -hmm. how to use that as a resource to like search for Q&A. So what is like, the, your favorite example, is there like one example that you could give people that they could implement some of these things in their business? Cause I know it is kind of overwhelming if, if you don't like technology, Yeah. but is there like one thing where it's like every business should be doing this one thing? Gosh, that's a good question. Is there one? I also like a hundred percent agree that this is super overwhelming for people, but I think I would push people to just start to get your feet wet, like just dabble in it a little bit. Um, the one thing, oh my gosh, I don't know. It's like, depends so much on what your business is, but if your business is consumer facing and you are working with like individual consumers, I would say you need to automate and figure out an organization system for all these leads that are pouring in, because if that means hooking into a CRM that you already know, whatever it is, but like, I just think for a business, it's so valuable to understand the funnel itself, like who's what's the journey going through the funnel versus coming into the funnel, right? Like we even naively didn't know this until a couple months ago, but like our issue was not going. Cause I think a lot of people immediately when, when there are no sales and the money's not coming in, they immediately jump to it being a marketing problem of like, we need more eyeballs on the company. 
Mm-hmm. And in reality, if you have an automation or just a basic setup of sorts, where if they're emailing you or they're filling out a form or they're messaging you on Instagram, like how many touch you all probably have like so many touch points of ways that people can get in contact, like communication with you, having a place where they're all in one place so that you can see, oh, we actually have a ton of people coming in the door, but they are not converting to paying clients that's a whole different issue than, and so I think from the front end, that's huge. That's like where our, we're working right now. So I feel like that, that's what comes to mind. Um, but really like understanding and using these automation tools to like see the different stages is huge. And then on the actual like back end of customer communication and, and, you know, support and relationship, I would say, the one thing I would encourage people to do, I'm like racking my brain because we do so many. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, this is a good question. This is a hard question. So um, I would say like email automation of sorts, like you were saying where it's like, look, there's no crickets. I'm very clear and upfront that we're working right now, but like, here's like, like you said, that's such a good example mm-hmm. of just like keeping them calm mm-hmm. and being like really creating an understanding of why you're not. Cause people want immediate responses this day and age. Yes. So using zaps to your mm-hmm. advantage to fill that void of time that you're just physically not able to get back to them, I would say is huge. Yeah. And I really, in terms of mindset and work coming from the, the luxury wedding space and the events industry and working with a lot of clients that are in the public eye and who are in music. And like you said, it's not usually them. It's their manager or their assistant or their publicist, but it's like, they want answers right now. They want and answers I don't yesterday. Wanna... <laughs> right. Right. And they need it like right now. So for, for me, I've really had to work on some of our clients getting to change their mindset that listen, a bot and automation is leveling up your customer service and you can still customize the experience. We've customized millions of dollars for people over two decades and they still come back. And Mm -hmm. so there is a way to do it. The strategy, the process, the templates, the documents all in the cloud, that's all the same. That doesn't Mm -hmm. change, but what's inside of it is completely customizable to what the client wants. So I was the girl where I'm like, we can never automate anything. Everything is so customizable based on the client's personality and based on psychology. And so I always tell people, if I could be swayed a different way and shown a different way to do it, that can help you scale your business because you're one person. Yeah. And then if, once you do onboard a team, you want the process and the customer service process to remain the same. I was just on a zoom with, um, like 20 different people in tech stars and we were talking about the branding of each journey. Like you were saying mm-hmm. the stage, you've got the, the, the journey of the person doesn't know a lot about your brand and what mm-hmm. you can help them with yet. They know that 
you might do what they need, but it's like the, the getting them interested stage and then the onboarding stage and then the converting stage. And then the, while you're a client stage and then the offboarding of the client. And then what, what does all of that look like? And it is a Mm -hmm. lot to think through and actually put it into a process. But if something happened to you and you're the only person doing it, just living in your brain, it's all in your brain. You, it's it's dangerous. (laughs) It's bad. That's bad. So it's like getting it out and automating it. Like is not a bad thing. Like it, it really provides great clarity for Mm -hmm. customer service. So if something did happen to you, or if you were sick or in the hospital or something like people could pick up and keep moving forward. There's not, you're not also going to come home from the hospital and have a fire. Right. It's so important. I think something you said too, that I can, this is really helpful. I feel like, because, you know, it's hard to give specific examples when everyone's business is so different, Yeah. but how, because we've dealt with exactly what you're talking about, because a big piece of our business is personality and like the relationship that you build with your coordinator and you know, it's your wedding day. You don't want it to feel like it's automated. And so what we did is like, okay, what are pieces like hone in? So you just talked about all the different stages. Okay. Pick one specific stage for us. It was the journey where we saw people were really flailing. And we, we learned this by asking past clients being like, rip us a new one. Tell us what we did wrong. Get on a call with us they were rough calls to get on, but helped us so much. So we identified early on that the process between signing up and having your wedding, the wedding, amazing. People loved it. It was so fun. The guests were shocked at how fun it was, but the client experience leading up to the wedding was failing. So we were like, okay, well, we know that it's broken out into these four sections. What section is struggling the most? okay, great. It's that consult one, because they're going in with not enough info, like virtual weddings are new to everyone. So we like beep, 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 like zoned in so hard into that area. And then we were like, okay, in this area, what can they do on their own? What can they do sans person? What can we do that isn't like dependent on a personality? Okay. Take that. Like, for example, every single wedding needed to have a zoom link. Okay. That's doesn't matter who's creating that zoom zoom link. So I dove in and automated that. Right. So it's like Mm -hmm. coordinators cannot spend five, 10 minutes of their time just creating zoom links. It's like, that is the same process every single time. And so our, our like structure of how we get to automation is, One, if there's documentation out there that every single person is following, that's the same. Mm -hmm. You take that and automate it because clearly it's the same process over and over again. So for that Zoom link creation, it was like, great. When they sign up and book their wedding, we know X, Y, and Z needs to happen. Zapier, thank you. You're coming in now. We're offloading this onto you. So I think it's really important to like narrow in on that and then we removed all the human error of like, oh, they forgot to create the Zoom link or like somehow the wrong Zoom link got sent out because, which is detrimental to us because that's literally where the wedding is being hosted. So right. <laughs> I feel like that's a great example of like, 
take the process, narrow it down into snippets, narrow it down even more. And then what training would you write? Take it out of your brain onto paper. And then what is just like rinse and repeat and the rinse and repeat stuff is the automation stuff. And then you can allow your personality and your interaction and your brand to flourish even more because the rinse and repeat stuff is on lock. Yes. And it's so much easier when you get it out of your head and y'all it, it seems like a lot, but if you would just take a day, we call it a GSD day. I'm like, that's right. (laughs) I'm like, we're going to get it out of our head and create a process and around a process you can create automation and things are so much better and streamlined. Mm -hmm. So how long do you think that you guys will lean on this methodology before it scales out? So it's interesting because you said earlier that if you're not, you know, trying to raise money or go the, you know, fully tech route, we actually have raised money and we have gone the tech route and we are a tech company and we still are relying on this method. I think that we will rely on this until there is something proprietary that we need to build. But right now, Mm -hmm. why would we ever build a scheduling software? Because that already exists. It's not Mm -hmm. proprietary to us. It's not going to fuel us. Like look at your business and understand. And so for us, eventually, like so many people were like, oh, you should build a platform to host your weddings on. And I'm like, that is so, why would I ever build a video conferencing platform when that is someone's sole business and they have developers that will solve it when it goes down? Like that's not on me. So I honestly think we will lean on this for eternity in- Mm -hmm certain ways, but we will eventually like outgrow Calendly, for example, like as we start to want to look more at matching people based on personality and like have people choose their coordinator instead of auto assign, like we're going to have to graduate from Calendly, but, um, we probably will never graduate from it in terms of booking calls with your coordinator because that is rinse and repeat. And that makes sense. Right. So (laughs) I think we'll forever lean on this methodology, but we will start to piece together things that we need to bring in-house, but that doesn't, will never be everything. We will never have to bring everything in-house. Right. And and it's like, just use the tools that are already there to help enhance what you are having. You don't have to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to use various things. Yeah. If people want to connect with you and check out what you guys do, where should they go? And what is your favorite, favorite platform for people to connect with you on? Yeah. Great question. Um, definitely check out our website. We have a little chat bot on there and I think that's my favorite place for people to reach out. Um, yeah. So go ahead and just ping us there. It's going to, it's going to ask you about your wedding, but just, just be like, no, I really listen to this podcast and (laughs) want to chat. So yes, definitely go to wedfully.com, one L W E D F U L Y.com. Um, best place to also check out this wacky thing that we're doing. Cause it really is kind of goofy and fun. Um, and then also follow us on Instagram. That's our jam. It's like, every time I ask someone, I'm like, what's your favorite platform? You're like Instagram. That's like where everybody's hanging right now. My favorite though is TikTok right now. Me too, girl. Uh huh. I'm not on it to be completely honest, but I'm on it. (laughs) And our team during our team meetings 
it's like, what TikTok world did you end? Were you in last night? Uh-huh. Which, if you're not a TikTok user, I feel like you're what you're like, what does the TikTok world mean? But we have a lot of, you know, baby goat farmer TikTokers. <laughs> we I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's so, so yes. Cute. Loving TikTok right now as a team, but I think I'm like a, I'm like a boring Instagram person. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they have reels. So, I mean, yes. it kind of reminds me a little and bit of TikTok. It's still not doing, the same. Yeah. Reels is kind of doing a lot for our business, which is nice. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Caroline, for being here and everybody that's listening or watching. Thank you so much for your time and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye y'all. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.